All right. Welcome. We're back. We had technical difficulties last time we tried to record on uh, StreamYard. Main technical difficulty being Juice was drunk and didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> like, when I listened back to it, I knew I was drunk, but I don't think anybody else would have known I was drunk. No. Nah. I just get, I didn't know. Yeah, I get real quiet when I when I get drunk. So it's just you could you could tell I could tell it in my voice. So yeah. Yeah, behind the scenes. We had some good stuff too. It's just I was just so cringe about me being like, God damn it, I'm drunk. Cause I did not mean to get drunk. Yeah. But yeah. I definitely had no idea. <laughs> I wasn't like shit face drunk, but I was drunk enough to be like, ooh, flying a little close to the sun, my guy. <laughs> so like, I don't think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. But yeah. So far, so good. Um, I tried a new, uh, well, not a new vegan place, but I tried, uh, Vuji vegan. It's a black Vuji. Yeah, V U J E E vegan. Where is that at? It's in the old, uh, the foundation. Okay. So yeah, it's in there. They also have a food truck. They had the food truck grand uh, opening or whatever. This I think last weekend. Yeah. Where did they uh, park their food truck? Last week it was at the camp, but this week they're going to be somewhere else. Oh, okay. So they just do different locations per week? Uh, I think so as of now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it, I had uh, a Beyond Burger. <laughs> I had a Beyond Burger and it was good. The cheese I guess came with fries. Yeah, waffle fries. They were good though. They were they were like Chick-fil-A uh quality. Vegan places have like French fry options. Yeah, and their fries are usually really, really good. This one had a kid's meal also, which I thought was pretty cool. I think a lot of people don't be thinking about kids for vegan. Yeah, it's like more gluten stuff. Um, I took a picture of their menu. The only bad thing is like I didn't have my other camera to like really get like the food quality, but the cheese on it was coconut. But it tastes just like cheese. It was actually like really crazy. The food that they do with vegan food is honestly baffling me sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and then the the Bay Kin, because you know they always got some vegan voodoo tricks. It was soy. But it was crispy, and it like it, 
I mean, it didn't taste like bacon because I mean, bacon is nature's candy, but right. it got <laughs> damn near close. The cheese was downright scary because that tasted like real fucking cheese. I really wonder who that. How do you make something that's not cheese taste like cheese? Like you can make things that aren't meat like meat. Yeah, like Beyond Burgers. Beyond Burgers are are better to me than Impossible Burgers. Yeah. Like, they taste like meat, which is also scary. How can you make something not meat that tastes and the texture is just like meat? Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a picture of food. Okay, hold on. I'm going to make me a... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they be doing voodoo. They be doing all the magical things with uh, vegan uh, the, uh, witchcraft. No, this way. <laughs> I want to get to the point to where I can be like a uh, full time, like just do vegan. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like stuff coming up, it's not hard. Yeah, or not as hard. The cheese looks very real. Yeah, bro, it was, I told you, it was crazy. Oh, and also the bun was a vegan Hawaiian, sweetened Hawaiian roll. Mm. A burger on a Hawaiian bun. Hey, witchcraft, man. But I'm I'm definitely going to go back. Sometimes I'll be wondering, like, with this vegan food stuff and, like, gluten-free stuff. If people just be selling us the real alliances, that placebo she- effect in our ass. That cheese was so good that I would believe it. <laughs> like, but <sighs> the idea, if you can get cheese to taste like, I mean, if you can get vegan cheese to taste like real cheese, it's like, oh yeah, that might be the, the cure to my lactose intolerance. Because I fucking love cheese. I don't like what it does to my stomach. <laughs> but yeah. I want to try me some um more vegan meats. I've only done uh chicken chicken, uh impossible burgers, and uh what's the one we just said? Beyond burger. You're done vegan stuff in the form of burgers like I've never done apparently they got vegan and all kind of shit so on their food truck thing they had vegan ribs and I was like I want to try that because they also had macaroni with it I was like ooh but like I I know that like everything vegan isn't healthy so for those guys all listening that's gonna be like be healthy like I, I get it guys <laughs> I want to do vegan stuff because I don't like I, I bec- I've become more of a uh, animal lover and I don't like mm. the way that like I love bacon but I don't like the idea of eating pigs yeah it was weird like I've been having this 
I think it was just slowing down your speed. Or it might be on my end. How do I sound? Okay. You sound fine. Okay. So, yeah, I think that was it. But you said something about the chicken, the texture. Yeah, like that gristly part, but quite gristle. It's like a, like a stretchy, like thin that I'm sometimes, if I get an order of the flavor, like soon as you do it, like gamey and it just be making (laughs) for me it's more so like I don't know like as somebody like this gonna sound I hope this sounds right so like for instance I've drinking diet drinks for a long time and I've long accepted that they don't taste the same but they're good enough now, some diet drinks are actually good, but Diet Coke, like regular Diet Coke? Mm. Y'all, people get so addicted to Coke. Hey, if you want to know what's fighting words, ask somebody what their favorite beverages are. <laughs> beverages either bring people together or cause people to fight. I mean, that ain't bad. People who really be motherfucking dying on. And I, I notice it more working in a restaurant, but people be going hard for Diet Coke. Yeah. Like Diet, Diet Coke drinkers are the worst people to serve. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You damn near have to bring them. You damn near have to bring them to drinks every refill because as soon as you sit that shit down on the table before you can walk away half of the drink is gone yeah diet coke and it just be like damn diet coke people are intense like they be full on addicted i don't know it's like it's bad yeah and i plus you know they got to still be putting Crack and, and I mean, cocaine and coke. coke. <laughs> These motherfuckers got hooked to. on that crinette. <laughs> um, Swear to God, that diet crinette. You know, I, I, it's something. It's something real, very specific about diet coke being like how you said the worst people because like Coke Zero, like you can't just chug a Coke Zero. I honestly feel like Coke Zero is such an acquired taste. Like you almost have to hook yourself on it. Yeah. Especially I don't know people who just drink a Coke Zero and just be immediately in love. Especially because they changed the taste of it. Like I think like two years ago. It changes the taste so much. I will drink a. My favorite diet drink is Diet Dr. Pepper. But I'm also like, I don't know why, but in the summers, I've always enjoyed having a classic Coke. 
nothing you nothing beats a classic Coke. A good cold crisp Coke. Yeah, like even even off brand colas. Yeah, that's a. I mean, it's. I, I but I will say this: I would rather drink an off brand cola than a fucking Pepsi. I am one of those. I am a Southern girl, full and full. <laughs> I also would. Um, I would never drink any Sprite uh, adjacent soda. <laughs> Sprite variants. <laughs> I don't want no. I don't want no beer mist. I don't want no nut. What is this new shit? Starry, slurry, slurry. Yeah, that's the one that replaced Sierra Mist. Starry to me almost tastes like a flattened Seven Up. Now I do like yeah. Seven Up. A cold, cold Seven Up. I'll seven give up you. Is good. I'll give you a cold. Listen, se- the citrus sodas hit. Sun Drop, Mellow Yellow, Seven Up. I got a diet sun drop in my fucking uh, refrigerator now. Ooh, boy, that sun drop. Hey, sun drop. That's like that's like the lemonade of sodas. <laughs> that's such a good analogy. <laughs> Tell me a line. <laughs> no, that is perfect. That is exactly <laughs> what it tastes like. And I'm sure it's people listening who have never had a sun drop because it's a regional thing. Regional drinks is, is what be it, southern thing. Like, uh, have you ever had a Buffalo Rock ginger ale? I don't think so. As far as ginger ales go, that's up there. Alabama has fucked up a lot of things, and we have a lot of fucked up culture. But Buffalo Rock ginger ale is one of the greatest things that we have ever done as a state. If I have a favorite ginger ale, like I know all ginger ales aren't created equal. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not a ginger ale girl. Like I'll drink ginger ale. I enjoy it, but that's not like any of my go-to sodas. Now ginger beer, however. I I love ginger beer much more than ginger ale. Um, Buffalo Rock ginger ale is damn close to ginger beer. And it's got a hint of spice. When you come over the next time, like lately I've been keeping them in my fridge. I'm sleek. I'm secretly trying to build like the greatest like beverage uh, refrigerator. Just have like different kinds of beverages. Yeah. So like that's one I've been keeping. Uh, There's this one that they drink, I think in England and in India, Vitmo. It's like a Vitmo. I can't remember, but it's like a spark, a sparkling Vitmo. That shit good. You can get in like at Caribbean getting, stores. I've been getting into um, sparkling water lately, which I never thought, never thought I would. But I've been buying the uh, the bubbly brand. I like bubbly. My go to. It's good. It's good and refreshing, like in the morning. What I have, but I have been trying to curb sodas. What I've been drinking a lot of is liquid deaths, sparkling liquid deaths. Yeah. 
And all the different flavors are good too. I, I like the regular one with no flavor because I'm just a weirdo like that. I just need fuzzy bubbles <laughs> to get like my soda type fix. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They had a sparkling liquid death. I thought they were all just regular waters. Uh, uh-uh, they have they have a couple sparkling liquid death uh, flavors too. Um, hmm. I've been buying like 18 packs from Costco lately. <laughs> and I've like, what an adult. I know, bro. I, I've become addicted to Costco. I'll be going after work. Just, I'll be scrolling. I have like four items. <laughs> and then I get like a hot dog. <laughs> oh man. Them hot, them Costco hot dogs. Bussin'. Bussin. Bussin, bussin. Um, but yeah, what other beverage? Like, uh, I like Pellegrino, Pellegrino, as far as a sparkling. Mm-hmm. And what other sparkling? I could drink LaCroix, a- but it's not my go-to. I honestly think I don't know. I think LaCroix just don't be having the flavors. Like, if I'm going to drink a sparkling water, typically I want something like a berry type of flavor. LaCroix offers a whole lot of, like, citrus or, like... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, a citrus sparkling water just just don't do it for me. Um, I can't can't explain it. (laughs) Oh, the goat of sparkling waters, especially flavored sparkling waters, is clearly Canadian. Hmm. Used, Never tried their sparkling What? That's the OG. That was like out in the 90s. I remember my mom used to love them. Yeah. But they, I've just started seeing them back in grocery stores more. That's the goat. They making a comeback? <laughs> yep. That Crinette come back. <laughs> Uh, once I show you the logo, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like a, isn't it like a blue? Yeah, a blue little bottle. Yeah. Try oh one God. of those. Like, get one next time you go to like, the grocery store. Get one and put it in your fridge for like a day, where it's like ice cold, and then drink it. And you're like, okay, this the shit. This is the fucking shit. Bit. Um. What else? I'm a weirdo. I like stuff like Jones Soda also. I like Jones Soda. Uh, no, that uh, that drink we had from Cameroon that time for that Juneteenth. I haven't tried oh, yeah. to find that shit again. That shit was good as hell. Yeah, like that was the best Juneteenth, bro. Is it not at the store that you went to? Uh, I think they'd just be running out. I just like it's one of those things to where I'd be going on wrong days. Motherfuckers, like that day I got it, the lady in front of me is the one made me want to get it. She was like, I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's a drink from my home. I was like, yeah, but like, what is it? And then I was like, is it like a mixer? She's like, huh? I said, never mind. She said, no, it's just a soda. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. 
But uh maybe maybe they might have them on Amazon. You know Amazon got everything. That is true. Also, I remember when the, the Ghostbusters movie with the women came out, which I, I like that version. People were just misogynists. But I took my nephew to it, and uh, they had came out with Echo Cooler, High C, again. And then after it came out, they had cans of Echo Cooler. I bought, a pa- like, 24 off of uh, Amazon, and I was drinking those like a bougie nigga. Like <laughs> I open it, I drink like a can a day of Echo Cooler. Uh, high C. What is Echo Cooler? Echo Cooler High C is the best High C ever. It's the one that has Slimer from Ghostbusters on the side of it. Hmm. Not Echo Cooler. I'm saying it like a nigga. Echo Cooler. <laughs> I'm sure you had it. You're, I mean, we '80s, '90s babies. I'm sure you had it at one point in your childhood. Hmm. It's not ringing a bell. Let me show you. Also, like, have you seen the bear on Hulu? No. Uh, it's got the the dude that played Lip on. Uh... Shameless. Yeah. But he's a chef in it. And in one of the shows, they actually, he does like a kid's birthday party and he makes Echo Cooler. I mean, Ecto Cooler. And they're like, holy shit, I haven't had this since I was a kid. I was like, yeah, I need to learn how to make Ecto Cooler. The cool thing about like us doing these is I can show you stuff like the nerd I am. Having PowerPoint presentation. That's how screen share. That's how the uh the little um the box was. Now what exactly what exactly is the flavor profile here? It's like it's what's the best way to explain it? Mm-hmm. It's like green, but like <laughs> This is going to sound so niggerish. All right, you know like how certain things are like... <laughs> how flavors taste? Yeah. And they're not... Like you th- can tell if it's some red shit? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. So is it like a melon... I think Melony, apple It's orange. Like, it's an orange, citrusy kind Kiwi. of fruit juice. Oh. But it's not like juice, but it's like... That artificial flavored juice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, that's that. It's somebody listening right now. It's like, yeah, he spit that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about Ghostbuster uh, High C Echo Cooler. Yeah. This is why I come to oh, this podcast. <laughs> I do not recall. Juices from the past. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> um, considering that I'm not probably going to put that other episode out. Uh, 
This is our first joint podcast since we recorded with the Black Card. I listened to um, I listened to their episode yesterday on the way to work. It was good. They funny. They are very funny. I feel like they were talking about they were talking about putting out a Patreon, and I was always almost going to tweet them and be like, "If y'all do a Patreon, we'll do a Patreon." Yeah, I might have to cut that out because that's the damn good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they shouted us out. They put out their first episode since we recorded with them and they gave us very nice praise. And I was like, yeah, I did. feel like I'm that nigga, even though like Kim should really feel like she that nigga. And I'm just like <laughs> riding the waves of like, yeah, that's my homie. Yeah, that's my dog. That's nah. my dog. <laughs> they were, they were hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that session is up there with one of my all time favorite sessions. Outside yeah, of ones I with our, like our friends, that's up there. The heart. What's so- your least favorite? Our least favorite uh, joint one. Yeah, that's hard because I haven't hated any session. Like when we were talking with them, and they were like, "Some of the sessions you're just like, oh, let's let's get this over." I haven't, I haven't had one of those sessions. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm trying to think if I had to choose my least favorite. To be honest, my least favorite would probably have to be. Now, when I say least favorite, I'm just going to preface this as. I'm looking at it from. The producer side of it, my least favorite is probably the second. Episode with Devin where we're at Dark Side. Yeah. Only because it was getting good and he had to go have a meeting. And Jeray was cool too, but it was just the energy changed after Devin left. Mm-hmm. Um I felt like you were gonna say one of the the Devin ones. Audio wise, that first episode with Devin is my least favorite because that was our first session recording after COVID in person. Yeah. And so that audio, if you listen back to it, it's all over the place, like for me. But uh, content-wise, content-wise, all our episodes are good. (laughs) Because we them niggas. (laughs) Bingo. I listened to the episode with Kobe, I mean, after Kobe died. And that's when I texted you. I was like, bro, we are fucking good. And then that's why when they shouted us out, I'm like, shit, bro. We just being ourselves. Which Kobe, is, how, how, do, how does it feel to be that nigga? It's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's dope for me because I, like, Growing up, I felt like I didn't fit in or belong anywhere because I was so weird. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being damn near close to who I am in person on a podcast and people actually liking it and enjoying it uh, is healing for the inner child in me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoy it. I'm I'm hard on myself. Uh production wise 
just because I'm such a perfectionist. And then sometimes I just have to put stuff out knowing that it's not perfect and that's just life. But it's very hard for me. So the idea of, yeah. of being, you know, transparent and, and being vulnerable and people appreciating that and it's coming across as authentic because it is, is very nice to feel as a creator. Mm-hmm. But I can agree. How does it feel to be that I, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's honestly crazy that like this is the one thing that I've been able to be like the most consistent on that people appreciate and that like like makes me feel good cuz like I don't know. I feel like I'm in this. um, I feel like I've been in this place of just still trying to fit in and like find places that are my niche. But I feel like I keep getting signs that just like I'm not supposed to fit in. Because I just think about I just think about all the jobs that I've had over the last five years. Yeah. And there is always there's always a point like in every single place of employment since we started working that that I got basically pushed out of like I don't know. I feel like I feel like that to me is a sign that I really just need to get serious about doing my own shit. But it just makes me feel good that, like, this is something that I've been able to stick with. And it's, like, positive and we get good feedback. This this is the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> uh, we have a five-year-old together. <laughs> like, what? Yo, it's just, like, this is, this is, I feel like the only thing that, like, survives any kind of up and down. You know what I'm saying? Like it'd be times where you be going through it, I'll be going through it. I'll be busy. Um should get in the way, but it's like it's never like a oh should we just stop doing it type of feeling the way I felt with any other thing that I've tried to make work for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's just like a I don't know. It's like a safe space for real. It's like a, even though either one of us might be going through shit or both of us at the same time, like we still know that like we still here, we still going to be here. We go pick back up. We going to keep it running. Like, yeah, it's just, it's like a, it's like my home. (laughs) I'm glad to help add a safe space for that. Um, it's for me. I mean, this is the longest thing I've ever done. Cause I always said that, like when I did that blog, which is still up, Splifted Research at blogspot.com. If y'all want to go look it up for it, what a twenty-year-old yeah. juice was doing. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, I was like, if I do it again, then I'm gonna do it with somebody else. And there's been times that, like you said. I've been down, you've been down. 
but also the fact that we've always been there for each other. Mm-hmm. I can lean on each other. Sometimes we get mad at each other, but we're always respectful of each other. Yeah. That's, that's something that doesn't come along all the, all the time. I also be feeling like if if we just had like bro, if we do what if we could do this full time, it'd be fun. I, know. I agree. Like I really I really wish I could just put my all into like doing the merch for us because I'm I'm so all over that. I just don't be having the the bandwidth. <laughs> Right now, just because I have so much other shit going on, but like if we could full time do that, like I would love to be the merch, the merch coordinator, yeah, and like just be designing shit. I mean, obviously that's just part of my major, anyways. Creating, but I can't wait for you to start doing. That would be dope. I can't wait for you to start doing interior design. That's your that's your shit. It's so many, it's so many avenues that I still just want to go down with 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 life. I just gotta, I really just gotta take a leap of faith, man. And like every time, every time I run into like a road bump at a job, it just like further confirms like, like especially with this week, like what I was telling you. Yeah, I'm just like, dang, bro. Like I, I was low key like. I was pissed, but I was also kind of hurt. Like, jobs really do make you feel like they care mm-hmm. until they don't. They gaslight you. Until stuff like that happens. And it just be like, bro, like, so I don't know. That just kind of pissed me off. Like, I really be feeling like some of these jobs really will make black people the workhorse and then when they're no longer convenient for the abuse or the workload they'll just push away and then you'll see your coworkers getting things you don't get because it's just expected that this black person will work their ass to death like I was talking to my mom about that yeah like my uh I've talked about on this podcast. I can't remember how many times I've edited it or whatever. But last year, close to around this time, my dad had a heart attack and has had issues since then. Yeah, he's gotten better, of course, but um, he had to have. I won't go into details, but he, he had a heart attack and he had to uh, take some time off from work. He's been back at work and now he's uh, he's thinking about like retiring pretty much one of his Mm -hmm. doctors does not think he needs to retire but if my father who has always worked at least 50 something hours a week since I was a child does not feel safe being at work that is a red flag enough to where it don't matter if you think mm-hmm. he can go, but they just want people to work themselves to death. They, they will John Henry you in a fucking second.
vacation. My family's going on a vacation a week before fucking Beyonce. Yeah, my my parents were trying to do it the week after Beyonce. I was like, whoa. (laughs) I was like... Too much dip on your chip. Right. I could do one vacation for a week. My entire family is going to the beach. Except for me. Except for me and Cooper. We're looking at... We're looking at uh, Orange Beach (laughs) in the end of August. I think they got the condo in Gulf Shores. They were talking about doing it in Carolinas. Like on Myrtle Beach. I was like, that shit would be dope. But I didn't realize until I was talking to Angie the other day that it's almost like a celebration of my parents' 40th anniversary. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, too. Because um, that's the same week as my parents. 37th anniversary. On May. Oh, yeah. May 25th, my parents would have been together for, well, would have been married for 40 years. Damn, them niggas old. I know, that shit insane. But my dad was like. old, but they not. Yeah, my dad was like 21. (laughs) My mom was 18. been an old nigga for life. Right. He oh, I'm going to be an old nigga for life. Yeah. You got got to grow up fast when you got cheer in the feed. And I was talking to my therapist about that. Like he was like, like on the episode that it's not going to come out. Uh, like when I was like my last session, we were talking about some of like my childhood traumas and stuff, which aren't too drastic. It's just I did have I have abandonment issues, mm-hmm. and so he was just you know asking questions about my family, how it's set up, and everything. And I was like, my parents, they were good parents. They put us all through school. It's just, they didn't do everything perfect because, I mean, they're human. And he's like, how does that, like, when I was describing it, he's like, how does that make you feel? I said, it makes me feel sad for, like, the kid version of me, but my parents were fucking babies. Yeah. I remember my mom turning 30. I remember. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I remember my dad turning. Let's see. I don't remember him turning 30, but I remember him being my age, 34. I remember, I definitely remember them being my age because my sister was born, but I was like three and a half when my parents turned 30. So I definitely didn't remember that. Yeah. Damn, I wonder what the hell them niggas did. (laughs) (laughs) I just be wondering, like, you know, like in Back to the Future, like when he goes back in time, he sees how his parents were. I just want to go back in time and just see how these niggas were. Like, yeah, I'm convinced convinced my dad was probably the coolest nigga in Port Gibson, Mississippi. But I don't know. I just think of my mom as being this weird ass fucking black hippie in the 1980s, which was unheard of in Mississippi, I'm sure. Yeah, she was probably very misunderstood. Oh, yeah. Like, it, all the shit that, like, it makes sense how weird I am based on just how, like, weird both of them are in different ways. 
that just merged mm-hmm. to make me this weird ass alien. That's why I like like we gotta get a fucking picture done of us like Lilo and Stitch because I'll be really feeling <laughs> like fucking Stitch. Like I'm I'm six one two. <laughs> like I am oh. an alien. And everything. I guess these are my dreams. I just got to the point where I dream again, nigga. Like, for a while, so dark, I wasn't even thinking about, like, things out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. But, You're just going through the motions. Yeah. Therapy's helped me. Um, I've talked about therapy, like, on, online and on here because I want to take the stigma away from black men being afraid of going to therapy because it has helped me so much. That and uh, depression medication has helped me. Depression and anxiety medication. Drinking my water, minding my biz. (laughs) (laughs) Making my way downtown. Walking back. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So it's just, it's helped me a lot. I'm seeing light now. Um, and also, you know, there's been another black woman therapist in the last week who went viral for saying she didn't want male clients because of all the emotional baggage that they bring with them. And they try to pretty much add work. Before she even, before they even accept her, like she was saying, like, let me see if I can find it. Damn, bitch! It sounds like you don't want to do your job. Damn, bitch! You live like this. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Okay, here we go. I am no longer seeing male clients. Because they'll come in my inbox demanding me to prove my worth to them. All up in my email saying, what can you do for me? Nothing. There's absolutely nothing that I can do for you. Go find somebody else. Go play with somebody else. I'm not the one or the two, baby. We ain't going to do this. Not setting up no consultation or nothing to see if we're a good fit. Um, Trying to see what type of treatment modalities I use. You know, if we mesh well together. Just be in my inbox requiring this free emotional labor. Absolutely not. Because now I'm sitting up here making a TikTok about how y'all keep harming me. Because you're not helping me. I don't need to be working with you because you activated my nervous system. See, I already know that. And I know we're not going to do well together because we start working together. I'm still be thinking about that email you sent me when you tried me. And I'm going to want my leg back because I know who I am. And it ain't good. So I'm just not going to see y'all. Find somebody else to do it. Find somebody else to do it because I don't deserve that. I have been harmed enough for a lifetime. I don't need to be harmed by my clients either. That ain't fair. That ain't right. So I don't know what they finna do, but they ain't finna be seeing me. I am now only working with black women who are overcoming perfectionism. That's it. That's it. We ain't doing nothing else. And I ain't got to do nothing but stay black and... I mean, I understand being a therapist and having um, a specialized practice, but that's a little 
That's a little off-putting. I'm going to be real honest. Like, people inquiring about how you can help them should not be outlandish to you. Now, honestly, I can understand people may go overboard with that. But I feel like that's probably something that's pretty common with all therapists. I'm pretty sure a lot of therapists will get inquiry, inquiry, inquiries <laughs> Enough from people. <laughs> because people, I mean, going to therapy, number one, is a very uh, tough step to make. So before people make this step, I feel like it's very natural for people to be anxious about it and want to ask questions about the process and like if it's going to be worth it for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That was just, I don't want to, I don't want to like discredit her feelings and say that it was dramatic per se, but and, and then, too, what I want to know is, how are you going to target this very specific type of black woman with this very specific type of issue? Like, so does that mean that you're also turning away other black women who might not have this issue with overcoming perfectionism? Like, how are you going to survive on that clientele either? It can't be that many people. <laughs> That's a very specific niche. Like, Black men, I think, make up roughly like 6% of the U.S. population. So I'm assuming that black women probably make up about 6 or 7%, probably 7% of the population. And then you got to take out factors of location, age, demographics. So you're talking about perfectionist women. Let's just say we're going with quote-unquote high-value women. Uh, right. at most half of one percent, one percent. Yeah, I feel like she's cutting her business down tremendously, and then also it's kind of bullshit because it's like I feel like <laughs> men get gaslit so much in the world. In ways that I don't think we um, consistently recognize, but this is a big example of how that happens. Like, we have come to this point socially and culturally where we understand that just we as Black people have a different type of baggage and need to address it. We've come to understand that a good way to do that is by actually talking to a professional. And so women start doing it and then men caught on and they start doing it. And people have actually been trying to, like you said, take the stigma away from men going to therapy, especially black men. And then now you have this actual therapist who's saying that she just not about to service black men. Like yeah. that that's so discouraging. Like, what if somebody is watching this and they really was like 
about to make right. going to therapy and they see this and now they're equating you to all other black women therapists and now they just not going to go to therapy at all. Yeah. And I feel like people will, some people will hear that and try to be like, well, then they weren't planning on going to therapy anyways. So like, no, that's not necessarily true. Like for me, it took so much Outside of just choosing and deciding that I needed therapy, I knew I needed therapy for a while, but I was afraid of actually facing uh, my own darkness. And I like to think of myself as a pretty enlightened person. But even for me, like I talked about in that solo episode, going to any doctor as a black man is so... uh, triggering mm-hmm. just based on how we're treated as black people black men and black women can relate on that therapy is especially tough because of some of those stigmas historically and just shit like this like what do you think is gonna like What I hate most is the way that a lot of people now try to just be like, just go to therapy. Like, it's a magic pill. And it's not. It's work. It's emotional labor on top of the emotional labor as being a black person in America. It's not an easy thing to do. You're investing in yourself, but it is terrifying. Now, I found a therapist that matches my personality, and he's also a black male. So it's certain things that he's going to listen to, and certain things he can read between the lines because we speak the same language. Which is something very important that I wanted to find to where I didn't have to... I didn't have to explain certain things to him. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. the last episode, I mean, the last session, I be, look, I've been, I'm so used to you being my therapist <laughs> that I be thinking <laughs> <laughs> the last session I had, like, we were talking about it, and then I was like, I, I mentioned something like, I only date black women. And then he was like, well, I mean, I'm married, so it doesn't matter. He's married to a black woman. But he said, I've just always wondered that. And he's like, do you think you could marry a a white woman? I'm probably going to take this out. Uh, And I was like, I can't because I can't think of bringing a woman. Like, bring if I brought a child into this world and something happened to me. Because, I mean, life happens would I be able to trust that that woman would be able to bring my child up the way I would want them to be brought up? And that answer would be no. Not because it's impossible, but it's just highly unlikely. So I wouldn't put my potential uh, children through that. And he understood that. I went to like a white woman as a therapist. 
Yeah, I can understand that. If I went to this, if I went to this black lady, she might have understood it, but she also might have just been like, I'm just a misogynist or some shit. Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. Like, you already know black men have a hard time being vulnerable because we don't trust these institutions. Why would you add to that and think it's going to help? And also, this is adding to the story. That happened earlier this week. There's a a group called Therapy for Black Men that has a, like, it's a specialized therapy thing where people are looking for black therapists. They can find black providers. That is also how I, I partially found my therapist. Not through that, but just looking for black therapists. I was open to going to a black woman also because, you know, I'm not a misogynist intentionally. I'm <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> I like bitches now this way. <laughs> but no, so I was just like, uh, you know, I was, I was open to it, but I, I really wanted my, to try my hardest to find a black male therapist. So things like that helped me. So therapy for black men, after seeing her video go viral, sent her a refund for her deposit and removed her from the list. This motherfucker made a video talking about why she didn't say she was giving up on every male or all black men. And to think that is to gaslight her and like all this other type shit. I'm like, hold up, baby. She doesn't need to be practicing. No. It's certain. Because she doesn't even she doesn't even understand what gaslighting is. She literally said she is no longer taking male clients. So how can you backtrack and then try to say that you didn't say that you weren't taking all men? No, that's what you said. People have to learn. There are certain things you don't take to social media, especially if you're in certain occupations. Not because, I mean, I'm not saying it's fair. You should be able to make content the way you want to make content. But just know your livelihood may be affected by it. Something that we have learned through just this level of podcasting with us. There are certain things we don't talk about just because motherfuckers be in their feelings. This is what happens when people get too um, too rooted in a social social presence. Like, everybody thinks that an opinion that they have is so good and so deep that, they, that it should be put out because they, they just want to be agreed with. And they feel like it, it might be groundbreaking and different and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, bro... That was unnecessary. You could have, instead of letting us know what you were doing, you could have just did it and kept your mouth shut. Yeah. You can you can refuse whoever clients you want to. That's your right as a practicing therapist. But to get online and talk about how you're not going to take mails and then you're saying that... <laughs> 
I don't know. She, it, it was a little dramatic how she was saying that she I, was being harmed and it wasn't yeah. helping her. And it's just like, but as the therapist, you shouldn't be looking to your clients to help you. No. And I understand not wanting to go through a certain thing. Like you said, you could have just been just did that without telling us. But to put that shit online, I'm no longer seeing like, get the fuck out of here. Because the- like people and then also to go as far as to the the then analogy of, of of the it's not helping me, so it's harming me. That's not that's that Twitter ideology. That's like that social <laughs> like, media. Like that, no serious person should ever be like, if it ain't helping me, it's harming me. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's it's not that simple. It's not just point A, point B like that. Like no, it's not helping you, but. Is it really harming you? Like, is it really? You went to school for this shit. And it's not your, it's not your fucking nervous system. You just have an attitude. (laughs) You have an attitude about it. Like, it's not a, it's not a fight or flight situation for you because people are asking you how you can help them and wanting to, to see your methods and, and just try to, make a judgment that's best for them. That's why is that putting you into a fight or flight mode? And then it's all, not. it's not. <laughs> and then also the other thing is both of us have worked customer service jobs. We've dealt with the public before. I find it very hard to believe that it was mostly a male, uh, male clientele that was asking all these questions and doing all this emotional labor for you as a therapist. People are different. Some people are so like, uh, so methodical with the way that their brain works. I'm sure mm-hmm. you ran into women that were like that, but you felt like it was safe to dunk on men. Right. Like nobody, you can't assume that people are doing these things and asking you these questions maliciously or in bad faith. So why do you present it as only men do this? Motherfuckers be wanting to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Black men need to go to therapy. Just go to therapy. Just go to therapy. And then they're not emotionally intelligent enough to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't come to social media for that shit. I'm tired of like black therapists airing out their fucking clients. And I'm tired of like oh, the big, I'm so tired of the 50 50 discussion on paying bills and like dates and shit. Shut the fuck up. I don't yeah. give a fuck anymore. Like that whole I'm tired thing. of all them discussions. I'm tired of uh, what they like. What they, they call it black hypotheticals, nigga geticals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of all of these like stupid ass black Twitter arguments. Like Gabrielle Union says she goes, she pays 50 50 for bills still. That's how most niggas live. Most couples too, like- do that. She 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 rich and she would a rich nigga like it's not why like and into like well why does it matter it's not bothering nobody it's not hurting anybody 
If that's what they agreed to do, that's what they agreed to do. Well, he got kids to take care of. Right. Especially are not hers biologically. So maybe they felt like it was better if they went 50 50. So he can make sure that he's not dipping into her money when it comes to kid shit. If she didn't want to, or it like who, it, whatever people decide to do in their relationship, if it works for them, leave them the fuck alone. And my thing with this whole shit about everybody having shit to say about this 50 50 shit is like, People be really acting high and mighty because a lot of people that be talking shit have either been in the situation or are still in the situation or might potentially be in a situation like you don't ever know who you're going to end up with and what's going to happen and how it's going to happen until you get there. These people are so deluded (laughs) that they be like. They be thinking they got rich nigga problems. It be yes. like the man should just pay for everything. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, and I also want to know why do we only apply the 50-50 topic to finances? Like nobody ever talks about 50-50 when it comes to handling other things and house things and things that have to do with the kids and you know what I'm saying? Just like daily tasks, like, oh, if you if you clean, I'll whatever. If you do this, I'll get the cars. If you why do, why is it never talked about in that sense? It's only about money. And that's like. Because it's fan fiction. Like the niggas that be talking about this shit don't actually be having money or the finances to. Have it to where they they man pay for all their bills and all this shit. It's not based in reality, so they're not based in reality. The true thing is, you grew up with both of your parents in the house. I grew up with both of my parents in the house. Not saying that's better than having a, a single relationship. I mean, a single parent household or anything. Just saying, when you're able to observe healthy relationships you realize that your parents split responsibilities and bills. And then also when it comes to a marriage situation, if you have a joint account, that's pretty much the same thing as 50-50 anyway. Exactly. Y'all are sharing your money. Y'all pulling money from the same pot. Exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, people don't... Man, these motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's real... Like, that's why every now and then you just got to have the reality check. Be like, Twitter is not a real fucking place. TikTok is not a real fucking place. Instagram, definitely not a real fucking place. The only real social media is Facebook because you can't run from the niggas you went to high school with. They know who the fuck you are. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they got receipts. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know Juice ain't talking about this. Another point on that, too, is like, especially with, I feel like women are getting high and mighty with the standards thing, too. Like, when it comes to the 50 50, and I ain't going to have on a nigga with this, and blah, 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 blah. But from a marriage standpoint, 
marriage is supposed to be for better or worse, for richer or poorer, and sickness and health. What happens if something happens to your husband and he can't work or he gets laid off and it takes him a while to find employment? Are you going to leave him because he's not paying for everything anymore? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. People just. (laughs) People don't. These people are not serious people. They are very unserious people, like the the kids say. Just very unserious people having the same five fucking arguments every goddamn week. I'm just waiting for the next diaspora war to come. To be like, God damn, a rerun again? <laughs> I remember at one point, YouTube. I mean, uh, Twitter wasn't reruns. We had different topics. Now these motherfuckers, I mean, it's like, it's just a jump the fucking shark. I keep showing up to Twitter, but it's fucking dumbass shit every fucking day. Every day. And what I'm realizing now, what I'm seeing a lot is People demanded shit from people that they can't even provide themselves. And exactly. That's, that's, that's not a new topic. And it's not just with women. Like, we've said that about men. Men who always swear they want the baddest bitch and her body got to be right, toes, nails got to be done, hair got to be done, lashes done, all that. She got to be a baddie all the time. But then you don't upkeep yourself in the same fashion. Same with women. Like, why are you expecting somebody to come in and save you or provide things, especially superficial things that you can't provide for yourself or him. Right. Like that's, that's not fair. No matter what your gender is like, why am I being demanding of a man who should buy Chanel bags and take me out to Michelin star restaurants and buy me a car and pay my rent? If I can't do all those things for him or do all those things for myself. Right. To me, it seems like a. What's the word? Not codependent, but. um, It just seems like you're using the other person like it's one thing. You know, I'm saying to want a man to just at least be able to take you out sometimes or, you know what I'm saying? Saying like nice things for you, but to be saying that he has to be paying all of your bills and why <laughs> are you going to pay all of his if something happened with him? Like, nope, you willing to do that or you just don't think you should because you're a woman. That's it. Maybe that's but, not love. No, it's not. And But that's the thing. Like, that's also why when people joke about like women looking up to like rapper girlfriends or rapper baby mamas is like baby girl that's not something to ascribe to that's not something to hope for that that sounds like a lot of fucking bullshit but y'all see like the Instagram shit yeah everything that glitters ain't gold like you might be seeing so and so got a rollie but what if it's leased 
Exactly. <laughs> she got a new Mercedes, but what if it's leased? It's not gonna be hers in, in a year no more. Or what or, if it, you know, like what if it's just rented for the day, the week? Yeah, y'all see it. Y'all see it a couple times and just think that, oh, it was bought and paid for. Little do you know, that right. shit got sent back. <laughs> then they back to square one. They just did it for the gram. It's, bro, social media is the worst thing that ever happened to society. The amount of regular ass people that I see wanting like all of these very expensive non-necessities is ridiculous. Like it's fucking insane. Seeing bitches wanting fuck an Hermes Birkin or an Hermes Kelly ten to thirty thousand dollars. Are you are you crazy? (laughs) Like, who do y'all think y'all are? Why do you think you deserve that? I was watching this clip of Michelle Obama. She was on Oprah, and I think she was just talking about um, the social media thing and how people see pictures of them and they say goals and blah blah blah. But she was just like, "Y'all don't know that I hated this man for this many years, and y'all don't know that we used to get into it for this long, right?" And this, that, and the third. And y'all don't understand that relationships take work and we had to work to be able to be who we are today with each other. And she was just saying it is so many um, younger people nowadays that are always talking about like what they deserve and blah, blah, blah. She was like, who said you deserve to be happy? <laughs> and I was like, I felt that like sometimes you just got to go through shit like Life doesn't just happen in a linear form. You're not going to always be happy. Yeah. Now, one thing that was funny about when that clip first surfaced, or it was another clip also where she was talking about this, her and Obama weren't like getting along, especially after she had the kids, because this is a common thing of men not helping with childcare and the household responsibilities the way mm-hmm. that uh, is beneficial for the family. She would be like, he would just go golfing. Like, oh, he's got time to go golfing. And I, 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 I feel like I respect that. The only thing is people are like, I just can't imagine being in a relationship where y'all aren't together all the time or y'all aren't on the same page. You're like, but that's what a marriage is. That's what any relationship right. is. Like when you're coexisting with another person. It's not always going to be like perfect. Yeah. We have a kindergartner together. That is this podcast. <laughs> Everything has not been fucking perfect. And we are just yeah. friends and co like co-hosts. But like every, like you have two people's lives merging together. It's not two different be fucking, perspectives, right? Two like two different experiences. Yeah, like it's life is not fucking as black and white as everybody tries to make it to be. But I don't know. All this shit is weird. 
social media, like I said, is weird. Um, the internet's uh, new it girl, Regina J. Or uh, as people on Twitter have been calling her, Jiggles. <laughs> the girl from TikTok with the outfits. Oh, oh With the yeah, banging yeah, yeah. body. And a nice ass voice. And a nice hair. Mm-hmm. Nice skin tone. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. fashion scent. <laughs> I may or may not be in love with her. But... Uh-oh. <laughs> She's up there. Is, is this a, is this your new Kindle? Nobody can ever replace Kindle cocaine for me. <laughs> That's Bay. <laughs> uh, but uh, so like, she has been getting attention on Twitter, and then like people had like uh, publicized that she had put a, a thing up on Instagram. She's like, "No, I don't have a Twitter. I'm not going there because y'all are negative." Everybody's like, "See, I love her even more." Because Twitter is fucking negative. Yeah, it is. Every day. So everybody was loving her last week. And lately, like this week, it's just been girls being jealous of her. This one girl today was like... I'm not surprised. She was like, she's... This one girl today, she was like, she's cute. But the average girl in Beham looks like her. Talking about Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, no. (laughs) <laughs> no that's a lot I'm, I'm not gonna like just bash people but I mean honestly to find that type of beauty that type of personality <laughs> on that type of body yeah, look it's just, Birmingham. it's just like we joke about like the Rick Pitino rule be like anytime somebody gets out of the playoffs and be mm-hmm. like Bill Walton ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Kevin McHale ain't walking through that door. Larry Bird ain't walking through that door. Nate Tiny Archibald ain't walking through the door. Now, is this some thick women in Birmingham? Hell yeah. We, we in the South. Is this we some... known for thick women. But this particular type of thick and shape and fitness and people have to work for that. People pay surgeons to try to look like that and don't look like that. Medical experts cannot perfect that. Her body moves like you ain't getting that shit off no table. Not hating on anybody who has done it, of course. But that's what they is. They trying to make that. It's just like uh the Cat Williams joke be like, the fucked up thing is, I may, I mean, a Chrysler 300 does look like a fucking Bentley. Until a Bentley pull up. <laughs> that is it. That is it. That's it. Like, and they're like, you could just tell, like, and a but the brief aside, she looks like she smells amazing. Right. She's so moisturized. She got, she gotta smell good. She gotta smell like the best shit in the world. Like some shit you ain't never some shit that you'd be like, man, that shit must be expensive. But it's just some shit because she, she just got a, a dope at like she just dope like that. I love her. 
and I will fight <laughs> to the death because now, like today, people like Birmingham women and Alabama women were just catching strays because somebody wanted to get on their high horse. Talk about the average Birmingham girl. I'd have met some banging ass fucking girls from Birmingham. Fine as fuck. It's one girl that I went to A&M with do got a body like her. It wasn't many people walking around A&M that had a body like that, though. I was going to say. Bro. People be... That's why, I like... Why do you think people get excited to see that? Because it's not out here like that. It's but, a dime a dozen. But people will hype up, like, all of this shit. Like, I don't know, man. Game fucked up, bro. You can't even get compliments and women just be fucking in it. Like, I don't know. Women be hating on women. Let's talk about that. It's some hating ass fucking women out here. Of girls that it ain't even be like all mean girls or nothing. Like some, like that thing a couple weeks ago with Cardi was like, some people have do- adopted a mean girl's personality because they were fucking losers in high school. It's a lot of them motherfuckers, men and women. Yeah, they it's get- a lot of girls that only that only know how to bond by putting other people down. Like that's the that's the worst thing about social media is extended high school juvenile behavior into adulthood. Like I ain't I ain't rocking with it, bro. One second, let me refill my drink real quick. <laughs> okay. I guess this might be our last thing we'll talk about. And then I gotta de- <laughs> <laughs> I gotta debrief you after that. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask you some things after the podcast goes off for the off-air pod. First of all, I'm sad that Jamie Foxx's daughter, Corinne, had to even refute this rap TV post that said the family was reportedly preparing for the worst. I'm glad that she said that Jamie's been out of the hospital for weeks and recuperating, even played pickup ball. But I'm mad that rap TV even got this rumor started. So I asked myself, who is rap TV? Because they make all these posts about black people, hip hop communities, this and that. Who are these people that they could get a rumor going like this that she had to refute? And look who owns rap TV. Does this look like the person you thought owned rap TV? Didn't look like it to me. Who else works at rap TV? Let's just take a look. I went down to the LinkedIn. I said, well, who's over here? Who's who's in charge of the post? Well, look who we got here. Look at the head of content. Look at Griffin from. Wow. He's he's the head of content for rap TV. Look at Jordan Mordini. He's the head of music partnerships at rap TV. Look at Logan Stout, operations manager, rap TV. Look at Tyler Perry. That ain't the Tyler Perry. I thought we associated with rap TV. Why are people who look like this whole business rap TV? Look at their Instagram. Look at their posts. Look at the faces of the people on the post. Look who they create stories about. Look how many followers they got just on Instagram. 10 million just on Instagram. On Twitter, they go viral all the time. They are apparently, according to them, the biggest hip-hop community in the world. Daniel Snow's been a proven expert that's launched viral e-commerce brands himself over the course of three and a half years, generating close to $50 million in revenue. Off of who? Off of what? Mm-hmm. 
These are the people behind rap TV. And I'm not saying rap is only for black people and black culture, but they're creating stories that are false. Got the actual family of Jamie Foxx saying, oh, man, we this ain't even true. Who is starting these rumors? And look who it is. Now, I love Jamie Foxx. You know, I'm scared for him, praying for him, but I'm waiting for the family to say he's okay. But every day we got to deal with rumors like this. And then rap TV going to post her posts and act like they aren't the ones that she's responding to. Because it's just content to them. It don't matter what happens, who gets mad, none of that stuff. It's just content for them. They use that content to get brand deals and partnerships because we follow them and we click on them and they profit. All right. So Jamie Foxx allegedly had been in the hospital for over a month with a medical condition. And then so multiple blogs, especially on Twitter, put out a uh, that family was preparing for the worst. So Jamie Foxx's daughter came out and was like, no, he's been home for a while. He played pickleball yesterday. <laughs> Which the black community had a sigh of relief. But that shows um, the nefarious messaging behind some of these so-called rap blogs. Like as we saw with even like uh, the big one for me is the Meg Thee Stallion. Well, the Tory Lanez trial for him shooting Meg Thee Stallion. A lot of these blogs were sharing completely wrong and false information. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them also have been sharing very right-wing talking points. Uh, Some of them outright like white supremacist talking points. And black people are sharing a lot of black people are sharing this information rapidly. And adding to misinformation. We saw with the Cambridge Analytica stuff a couple years ago with the 2016 election that a lot of Russian bots and everything were spreading information targeted at black people and minorities. Trying to uh, derail the election and information about politics. This is like some modern day COINTELPRO shit. And you have to stay woke. And I'm not saying that ironically. I mean, like, pay attention to how white supremacy is working. Mm -hmm. We don't own any of these platforms. They're making money off us because we're the product. Not going to make any comparisons to slavery, even though it's right there. And if you know, you know. But they're making money off our bodies, off our culture. It's some nasty business going on out here. They're making money off of everything that we do for the world. Like black culture moves the world. Yeah. And they know that they can't move the world in the way that we can. So they use that. And honestly, when I seen them repost, with that fucking whack ass apology, <clears throat> it felt very young for one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it also just let us further know that they're doing this shit carelessly. Yeah. Cause like it's, it's already bad enough that y'all doing what y'all doing, but to do it and not even be fact checking properly. Like you, you putting out clickbait. Yeah. Reckless clickbait. Reckless click clickbait on the backs of black people. Like this, this I I gotta read the apology because I when I read it I was just like, bruh, this don't even sound like no sincere shit. This sound like an apology from a nigga who just feel like this is what he should say, not that they feel like they did wrong or agree with it, but they just know that this is what they need to say to save they ass. He said we would like to apologize for the misinformation regarding Jamie Foxx's condition. We unfortunately thought the source. We had was real, but it was not. We are sorry to Jamie and his family for our actions here and continue to wish him nothing but good health. Sorry for letting our followers down as well. We will do better in the future. It will make every source, make sure every source is properly fact checked from here on. So it's just like, what were you doing beforehand? Right. If you're going to be running this type of site, that's part of your responsibility and part of your job is to make sure that you're fact checking properly. So you just let us know that you are amateurly running this shit, yep. but profiting off of it. One of these blogs. Man, I, I hope that I hope these types of media pages keep getting exposed like this and they just get shut the fuck down. Yeah, it's just like, uh, what's the girl's name? Is it Tasha K? The one that uh, was making up stuff about uh, Cardi B and yeah. Cardi Suter, and like she's going after like all the girls' money, which is what you should do. Slander, like <laughs> it's certain things we don't say on here because niggas could come after us. Like, that's the game. People don't be understanding what they be doing it before they be doing it. And then for it to be on social media, it's like even worse. Like, you need to be checking all of your boxes, dotting all your I's, crossing all your T's. If you're going to be involving the media in this type of shit. But they also know that black people are less likely to go after them using the ways that uh, if they were targeting white audiences that they would have done. So they are doing it to the community they feel like they can do it to and just hide behind hip hop. And they be just posting like just flat out violence and just negative stereotypes. And I'm like, bro, like, Every now and then, I just get so fucking mad about the many ways that they try to fuck us over. The page that Kevin talked about when he um, exposed their earnings to, like, that's what really be pissing me off. They are literally pocketing off our pain. Y'all not out here just making a living. Y'all making a killing. 
off death and destruction. Workers of iniquity. These Yakubians out here doing exactly what Dr. Yakub programmed them to do all those many years ago. Y'all got to stay woke, my brothers and sisters. Use your revolutionary minds instead of your evolutionary minds. Dr. Yakub is working. I just like the idea that it's going to be one white listener listening to us. Like, Who the fuck is Dr. Yakub? <laughs> <laughs> These, I want somebody to Google that. I know. What is a Yakubian? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe. But yeah, also I want to give a shout out to Janelle Monet. Uh putting her titty meat out here for all of us to enjoy. <laughs> and yes, then, that is very much appreciated. Y'all appreciate it. <laughs> it's it's these things that heal the world. Right. Janelle Monet was like, let me put the uh, the tatas out here to uh heal the world. And I have been appreciative between her and Kiki Palmer. I'm so appreciative. God works. Janelle Janelle said, let me break up monotony. Right. With my natural body. It's the natural body for me. As a lover of titties, them titties is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Them things was thinging. Them things was really thinging.